What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! Hello everyone, welcome back to On The Ledger. This is your host Mohd Said, and I'm back once again on your weekly rendezvous. Only this time around, we are not live from Paris, but from Minneapolis for VCon. That's why you might hear a tiny bit of background noise, so sorry about that in advance. VCon is a multi-day conference put together by Gary Vee and his amazing team. And I have to say that they really didn't disappoint. There's an amazing lineup of speakers, panels, and collaborative experiences. I'm here with the Ledger team, and the good news is that we'll be taking you with us to meet some of our favorite guests and listen to what they've been up to. On the Ledger, we have often met with people who got started in crypto or NFTs and thrived on from there. But what about the people who are massively successful in their career and then turn to Web3? What does this space bring to their business? Our guest today did just that. After an early career in finance, she became an icon by founding Buzz Beauty with her two sisters. Both a successful entrepreneur and influencer, Huda Katan is now followed by more than 50 million people on Instagram only. 50 million people who recently discovered her passion for NFTs. But why? What does it bring to her professional life? And why does she have so many ledgers? In a one-to-one interview with our Chief Experience Officer, Mr. Ian Rogers, Huda Katan is our guest today. On the ledger meets the boss of beauty, live from VCon Minneapolis. Here we go. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Um, it, I, so welcome to VCon. Yes. What do you think of it? It's really cool. It's really cool. It's um, There's a lot of people. Um, there's not that many women. You know, I wish there was more women in this space. Um, and, you know, for that reason, I was really happy we had a, warm, a women's breakfast this morning. I got to meet a lot of amazing women, a lot of amazing women founders. But, um, but yeah, I wish there was more women here for sure. And why do you think that is? I think that there's still, like, a lot of fear for women to get in the space. You know, like I, w- I was saying earlier, but men are, you know, if they fail, they just move on. You know, they, they pick up, they, they move on. Women still are afraid of making financial mistakes because it's almost like, well, you're not really supposed to be in the space in the first place. You know, you're expected to do so many things, but handle your finances, like that's for somebody else to do. So there's still this apprehension for women, unfortunately. And so, but, yeah. but you, you um, your, your educational training is in finance, right? What, yeah, I did my, so, my undergrad in finance, yeah. And, and so why? why what, draw, what drew you to that? And, and why, do, why do you think more women aren't drawn to that? What drew me to finance? Yeah. Well, I love math. Um, and I loved math as a kid and I, you know, I was a statistics tutor when I was in university. Um, but I did not love finance (laughs) when I got, when I realized I didn't like it, it was too late. I was like, man, I should have done marketing. Why didn't I do that? Um, and now in retrospect, the finance aspect of my education did really help me. But, um, but yeah, I still should have done marketing. I love marketing. I mean, naturally, you know, I'm a natural marketer. I, you know, I I studied (laughs) computer science and I, Oh my gosh, you did. I ended up doing Somehow I've, I've, I'm not, I wouldn't want to go as far as say I do marketing, but right. I dabble. Well, no, you definitely, I mean, you understand it, right? And you understand human behavior and marketing, but some of those things that you've learned probably have helped you too, right? Definitely. Well, I, for me, I was super lucky to be the computer scientist alongside people like the Beastie Boys and Jimmy wow, Iovine and, that's right. you know, many people at LVMH. So I, you know, if you're around all those people and you don't learn anything, right. there's something wrong with you. Right. hundred percent. Right? So, <laughs> so what was, what was your, what was your path then, you know, from, you know, from finance to marketing, let's put it that way. Well, I wouldn't say I, you know, I ever entered into marketing officially. Social media 
was like, I mean, the catalyst, right? For if so we're not going to call it marketing, right? what, are, what are we going to call it? <laughs> well, I mean, I think when you're starting it, like as a person, not like in a, like a, a professional person, you don't really understand that it's marketing. You're not like, you know, oh, I am trying to acquire more market, you know, um, you know, more, uh, um, What's the word now? See what I'm telling you? I don't know. It's not professional. Um, but you know, more I audience, more, yeah, more market awareness or, or more people to, to, you know, see what you're doing. You're just like, okay, I want to make dope shit and I want to share it with the world, you know? And some of that does translate into, you know, a following, which is a community, which is then your, you know, your marketing power, you know, absolutely. There's, and, and there's really a, a big concept in, in this for me and, and kind of bridges a gap into this talk about crypto and NFTs one of the biggest kind of aha moments for me in working in NFTs is this realization that community and market mm -hmm. are actually synonymous right. in some way. Right. But let, let's go back to the beginning. You know, you've, you've got a finance background and you've built an incredible company and, and to your point, incredible you know, number of you know, followers and a lot of, a lot of influence. Um, but when was the first time that you saw crypto, mm -hmm. not NFTs, but crypto, and what did you think of it? Well, I mean, obviously, cryptocurrency has been around forever, but in the mainstream, it, it really kind of took off like over the last couple of years. I was really into it. Um, I want to say I was watching some documentaries and I was just I remember saying to my husband, I was saying this also to, you know, we have a small little investment office. And I was like, guys, crypto is the future. I believe that I believe that at the time. And I still believe that because I don't believe that people as a whole want to be controlled. So anything that decentralizes power gives you know power back to the people is the future 100%. I believe that with NFTs as well, Web3, all these things that do give us the power and we're not in control is absolutely the future. And cryptocurrency, like the ability to like not have to depend on banks, the ability to be able to, you know, really um, the transparency to be a part of a community. I mean, that there's just no question that's the future, 100%. And then the and then for you, was there kind of a direct transition to, into NFTs? And, you know, how, how did you how was yeah. it? I mean, it's a, it's a learning curve. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's why, and that's why I asked the question. Cause I'm always yeah. curious people's kind of foray yeah. into it. There is a learning curve because it's not like, it's like obvious, right? It like at the at first glance, it is a JPEG that you were paying a lot of money for. And you know, it doesn't like a lot of people look at it and they're like, what? Like they scratch their heads. That just doesn't make any sense. And if you look at it as that, of course it doesn't make sense, but it's not that it's an asset. It's also like whatever value people give it, you know, and if it, if it resonates with me, if it, it represents my identity, then the value is immense. Um, now I, my husband's really into the space and, um, he started gifting me NFTs. You know, he was gifting me, I think he gave me, my first one was like a world of women for my birthday in October last year. And he was already dabbling and, you know, he had bought some board at Yacht Club. He was buying doodles. He was buying doodles really early. And um, he asked me, he was like, oh, do you mind making your DP picture on Instagram, this doodle? And I was like, sure. But why? And, um, and I, I didn't really like he, had, he was like, oh, it's like this JPEG. It's worth a lot of money, all these things. And like we like it's a community. Like I, I love the community. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying doesn't make any sense to me right now. And I, I don't really care what you're saying. Something about it feels like very cool. But like, I just don't have the time to think about it. When he started talking about the metaverse, I was like, oh, my God, land in Web3, like another world where we can create things like an experience from watching my daughter play Roblox, from watching her play, you know, all the games that she plays. I was like, oh, my God, absolutely. I, I remember we were walking on the beach and I was like, you need to go buy land right away. Like that is like 100 percent an amazing experience. So many people want to have another version of their lives with no limitation. I was like, let's do that. Um, 
but the catalyst for me was really, I was speaking to a woman who is really big in the investment world. And she was talking to me about our brand. She was like, you know, you guys should think about going public. But then she said to me, but you know what? You're going to have to tell all your followers to tell their husbands to buy stock in Head of Beauty. And that pissed me off <laughs> so bad. Um, you know, because the reality is there's so much pressure on women nowadays to do so much. But there's like a cap. There's a ceiling as far as how far, you know, we really are supposed to go. And I, I became very passionate about, you know, really getting down to like the, the greediness of the financial world. And, and NFTs just, I just think it's an easier transition for women. You know, um, you want to follow the founders. It's almost like a product, you know, a membership. You know, there's so many things that, you know, right, really... So it turns ownership into into a, a product with other dimensions, mm-hmm. and which makes it more accessible. Is right. That, is that where you're going? I For me, I fell in love with um, World of Women First, right? I got to see the founder, right? And I got to hear Yam talk about, you know, wanting to be, um, at that time, especially for me, getting women more into the fintech space. And so I was like, okay, I love what she's saying. I started following a little bit more of what she was saying. I found some, like, you know, some pictures that did feel like they look like me. So I was like, I, I started to slowly get into it. Then when you start hearing about the utility that they give to, it was like, okay, well, this is actually a product that I want to be a part of. It's a community I want to be a part of. There's so much more to than just, you know, just a picture, you know? And so I always look for projects that have a lot of utility. That for me is really important. And how do you think of it relative to your brand? I mean, I think it's relevant for every brand out there. You know, I think even as people, we're going to have our own NFTs. You know, why not? Why would I not want to share certain aspects of that, you know, with everyone? Um, You know, I remember, like, when I first got into it, I was like, wow, this could really just change the landscape of, you know, not only, like, you know, the like the wealth like we're redistributing wealth essentially people buy into a project very low and then you actually have somebody buying that project from them very high we are redistributing wealth which is amazing um but as a brand i feel like there's so much that you can do an experience for your customers getting close to your community that truly isn't something you can do without you know something as a you know a smart contract it's really amazing yeah and, and how do you how do you see that relative to social media mm-hmm. you know and Again, you know, for me, I was chief digital officer at LVMH yeah. for for five years and working with those brands. So this is and and still working with LVMH actually. And so I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this every day, right. and I'm really curious how how you think about it. Um, you know, because you've you've been you know, you've been so successful in connecting directly with an audience right. via social media, which is right. was a connection. So I'm curious what you think is different about connecting this way, connecting connecting through NFTs. I think it's just a step further. You know, it's just like one step further. You know, I mean, like the Discord is essentially some type of social media, right? It is like this community that's a little bit more protected and you get to like, you know, really connect with people and share things that you can't share in an open forum, such as, you know, certain platforms. You can have closed platforms on Facebook and other things, but this truly is like where you go for that community. But then you also have the opportunity to, you know, to give back to your community in a way that is is really difficult to do. You know, you don't know, you know, if you think about like, I'm going I'm to go back to marketing. If you think about traditional marketing versus social media marketing, right? Back in the day, it was like you would take a billboard, you would hit a ton of people. You didn't really know what was resonating with certain people. Then when social media hit, you could like narrow down who you wanted to get to, to be able to touch. Now with NFTs, like you can really have people who care about your project get into the project. And you can really make sure that you're giving to them in a way that, you know, you just really can't with any other brand. Yeah. You know, with, with any other platform. And, and how, how do you think about it? Because, you know, you've got, you know, tens of millions of people that you're addressing right. with social media, but then maybe you have an NFT project that's addressing, you know, a thousand people, 5,000 right. people, right. 10,000 people. You know, do you think of that as kind of segmentation with kind of, um, you know, super, you know, very yeah. important customers yeah. or, or is it, 
or or are we, are we maybe limiting brands in a bit you know in a way when we do that like how 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 would how do you how do you think about that as a as a brand and a brand owner i think it's important to have an opportunity to give back to the people who support you the most so I think it is important. You know, the reality is like there's some people, you know, you always, you know, I'm a big fan of 80-20. You guys, you know, you, you know, the Pareto principle. I do believe that 20% of your customers are, you know, do, do actually result in 80% of, you know, your sales or your income. So, you know, if you think about that, it really is giving the most to the people who are supporting you the most. And why shouldn't they get that? Why shouldn't they be the ones where, you know, you get so much feedback now on social media. I want to listen to the people who are actually fully engaged in the products the most. You know, I want to hear everything from everyone, but I want to create like this almost, you know, smaller community where they can actually be a part of the process of creating products, et cetera. So um, I definitely think that there's an opportunity there to really give back to your your most supportive followers. I think that segmentation is important. Yeah, you know, you're, when you're talking, it reminds me of, you know, Glossier's Slack channel where they were, you know, oh, wow. uh, t- taking in, you know, product feedback from, oh, wow. you know, from that. customers, you know, it's, it's, and that's kind of what you're getting at, you know, right. let's say you've got this, bit. you've got this uh, passionate, passionate group of people. You know, we were talking about all the, all of the potential pros and positive things about this, but, you know, when I hear you talk to your audience, I also hear you really cautioning them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, don't, don't, don't get, 100%. Don't get ripped off, you know, because yeah. your point about empowerment and, and, you know, but there's also, there's a lot of scary things here. I was talking to Gary Vee yesterday and I feel like, you know, looking around this arena, I said, Gary, I, I feel like you're bringing people to America, you know, in, you know, the year 1700 right now, right? And yes, it is genuinely the land of opportunity. Also, it's pretty dangerous, yeah. you know, and um, and so what responsibility do you feel kind of bringing people into this world, which is it is new. Um, there are going to be a lot of success stories and there are going to be a lot of failure stories. Like wh- how, how do you how do you how do you, you know, think about that and how do you deal, you deal with that with your audience? I just think it's important to talk about the failures. You know, like people are only talking about the successes. And it's so crazy because when you hear a success story, naturally as people, we're like, oh my God, this person made this much money. That's going to happen to me too, which is ludicrous. Like, why do we think that's going to happen? But I think naturally as humans, we want to, you know, see opportunities. We want to take advantage of opportunities. Um, But the reality is that, you know, those are being spoken about because they're very rare. They're special. They're unique moments. Um, I think it's important to talk about the failures as well and to caution people that way. Um, you know, we have invested in projects, made money. We've invested in projects, lost a lot of money. And um, the reality is nobody really knows where a project is going to go. Even a good project with a good team, with a great founder, with a great purpose – that can change. And I think that that is just a reality we have to caution people with. If we tell them it's a sure thing, it's just, that is really unfair. And this is not like, you know, people are buying into the projects just because they want want to be part of the community. It's so much more. They want to make wealth. They want to make money. You know, most, like, 99% of projects, people are going into it as an asset. They're investing in it as an asset. So they want to make either money off an airdrop. They want their their value to go up from that NFT. So it is, you know, it is part of their livelihood. So if we weren't going to caution them, I think it would be very irresponsible. And I know there's a lot of shilling going on. And I think it's, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. It's really fucked up. You know, shilling, if you're not responsible with it. There's a lot of people who buy and sell really quickly. It's just really fucked up. People's livelihood. Yeah. You know, especially you hear people quitting their jobs to do this full time. Yeah. You got to take that responsibility seriously. Yeah. And that's why I ask. I, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel like, right. I feel like there are, 
they're equal parts um, excitement, but also right. you know fear, and and it's our yeah. job to to be sure that we give a balanced view right. uh, on that. And I like that. I really like that you do that. I think the other thing that I find, um, you know, uh, you're you're such a compelling person to speak about this because you know when I when a lot of people from brands or um, projects speak on the topic, you know, they're they're talking about what it is they're doing, what right. it is they're selling. Right. You talk about yourself as like a user. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm curious, you know, what, what's, what's your, you know, how do you do it? You, you sit down <laughs> at your computer and, and you're like, you're, you know, are you, are you a, are you a DJ? Like you're, you're, you're scrolling through pages of, of OpenSea. I have uh, my moments for sure. You know, and I'm, I'm obviously a very busy woman too, you know, like, um, you know, I'm co-CEO of Huda Beauty with my husband. We also don't have anybody marketing. So I, I wear a lot of hats, you wow. know, so, um, right now it's not the ideal scenario. So, um, there are moments where I really don't get to spend a lot of time on OpenSea, but I love to see what people are doing. I love to. My husband is always in the Discord. He likes to hear what people are saying. I like to see what people are doing. We talk a lot. Um, and we're both very passionate about it. So we're not talking about beauty in the beauty business. We're talking about the NFT space. Um, and I, I think the one thing that makes us particularly grasp things more quickly, maybe than you know, perhaps you know, other people who are getting a lot of information, is we have been in the business for a while, in our business. And there are so many similarities. It reminds me so much of the beauty industry. I've been talking to so many founders, and I'm like, oh, my God, the way the beauty industry exploded, the way everybody just wanted to be a part of beauty but really didn't give a fuck about beauty, just wanted to make money. There's so many similarities. It's like we blew up out of nowhere. All of a sudden started making money. Well, you know, not money, but there were sales. We didn't yeah. weren't able to touch it. You know, people don't realize Having that. Having sales and making money is Very something different. different things. People don't know that. <laughs> they don't understand that, You know, that, like no. even these companies with all this treasury they're making, they, they're still broke. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were broke forever. Um, you don't show that you're broke, but you're broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I do think people want to see it more. But you're spending that money to make it look like you're not broke. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or you're borrowing or whatever, yeah. right? Because people want to see that. But, um, but, you know, the reality is that there are so many similarities to this space with a lot of industries where they explode, right? And I think people just need to be really, really careful, right? There's going to be so many opportunists, so many people coming in with different ideas. And um, the reality is um, the space will is not where it will be. You know, right now, it's going to be very different in a year, you know? So do me a favor. G- give, give your best advice to two different people people for me. One is a young woman who is not in this space yet, Mm -hmm. but she hears you and it's like, wow, if you're excited about it, I'd like to learn more about it. You know, how do I get in without getting wrecked? Um, You know, that, and then the second one, um, maybe it's a little more for, for me personally with what I, I, with what I have to do. (laughs) Not for, don't, I'm asking for the advice for the brands, the other brands, you know, the other, the other brands who are thinking like, yeah. I'm, I'm not in it. I don't really understand it. I don't know what my brand should do. What should my brand do? Right. You know, so those are two totally different people. What, what's your advice to those two different groups? So for a person, and particularly maybe a woman um, who's starting out, I think, uh, you know, you said the word excited, right, which is an emotion. I think it's so important to control your emotions when you're investing. You know, my husband and I will go through things. And actually, even when I was doing the videos on NFTs, my team were like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I want to learn more. I want to buy everything. <laughs> You know, and emotions are a really interesting thing, right? Because they can control so much of what you do and make you do very irrational things. And especially when you're playing with money, it's really important. I always say to my husband, you know, a project will pop off. Like moonbirds will be going, we're like, oh my God, we need a moonbird right now. Oh my God, everybody's like so much emotion. So I'm like, control yourself. I think it's really important to get the education. Be aware of your emotions because the reality is you can do things that will not make sense. Um, but you know, your emotions will tell you to do so. And I think it's really important just to be getting the education, just to be listening and question things. 
a lot of times when people are doing things, there's masses of people doing things, we think it makes sense by default of like, you know, social proof, right? So it's social proofing oh, 101. Oh, doing it. It must be perfect. Exactly. It's social proofing 101, right? But the um, but we we need to be asking those critical questions and questioning whether or not that makes sense for me. One of the most valid pieces of information my husband shared with me, and I've shared this with a few of my friends and they love it, is you don't need to love a the PFP to get involved in the project. You need to love the founder. You need to be, you know, about what they're doing and you need to be aware of why you're investing in it. It's not always about the PFP, which people think it is, right? I always say, if you can't explain it to someone, don't do it. Exactly. A hundred percent. But a lot of people don't do that. They're like, I need to do this because everyone's doing it and I'm excited and I'm feeling all these emotions from everyone else. And I think it's important to calm down. Don't get me wrong. I have been able, my husband and I sometimes were like, Ooh, people are getting excited. We'll make money off the emotions. You know, be like, Oh, Okay, it's time to invest in this, but we're going to sell when it when it reaches because we can see all the excitement. You know, we don't typically flip, but we you know you can see that happen, and I think it's very dangerous for people who are not aware of that. You need to be really careful. I right, would advise and those are the ones it. getting played. Yeah, you need to. I would advise really strongly against that. For a brand, um, I think you need to know why you're in the space, and a lot of people are doing it for cash grabs, and a lot of companies are trying to be there just to be relevant, just to be there, like literally just to be there. And it's really important to understand why you're there. I think it's important to be a consumer in the space. I've talked to so many people. I interview people all the time, right? Like I, I don't have a head of marketing right now. <laughs> I'm interviewing so many marketing people right now. And they're all telling me about NFT projects they're working on. And I'm like, and I'm asking about NFTs and they don't know anything. They don't know anything about NFTs. And I'm just like, but you're making an NFT project, but you don't know about some of the basics. Like you don't know what Yuga Labs is doing. You don't know what like, you know, VFriends is doing. Like, what, like, why are you here then? You know, and I think that it's a cash grab versus being there for your community. Who are you serving and what reason? You know, I think that's really important to, to ask. Well, and questions. I think this is why you have an advantage, frankly, because, you know, what I, whenever, whenever I'm talking to, to, to brands, I, right. I always just say, yeah, you got to get in the game. Like right. if, if all, if, and I mean you personally, if all you've done is read about Amen. this in the Wall <laughs> yes. Street Journal, you're right. not going to get it. You know, if, if you're not, you know, in the discord or have somebody who is, then mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going to get it. Yep. So I only have a couple more questions for you sure, because we're running out of time. I heard, you yeah. can tell me if it's true or not, <laughs> that your daughter has a ledger. <laughs> Is this true or false? It's true. <laughs> she has a ledger. So um, she's really into the space. You know, she, uh, and of course, like ledger, you know, is just like my, I can't even tell you. Um, we are so paranoid about so many things. We have many ledgers. My husband actually gives them out to people. Um, and she does have one. She, you know, she is, uh, she just did her first paid social media thing. It was, uh, it was really amazing. She got her first gig. She's 10. Wow. And we were, and you know, the question was, can she be paid in Ethereum? You know, so she's really into the space. Like the, Amazing. the adoption from children is so insane right now. You know, when you think about, you know, someone said something. It was um, Benoit from Artifact. Uh, he, he said we were in, actually in front of an LVMH crowd. And he said, um, you've got to remember that 10 years from now, mm-hmm. there won't be any 25 year olds who have never played Minecraft. Oh, for sure. And so when you just sort of get your head around what that means for expectations mm-hmm. and people's kind of familiarity with with building oh in God. an online world, it's mind-blowing. So the strangest thing I realized for my daughter, and she is, she's, okay, so my daughter, you know, not only is she really into the space, but she's also, you know, we do a lot of like, you know, like emotional regulating, emotional awareness practice. And so it was interesting because she, you know, she shared with me that she actually prefers hanging out with her friends online than in real life, which is like, 
mind blowing because it's like, okay, not only do you like you have your friends in Dubai, in the city, like in like, you know, down the block, but she wants to hang out with them online. So it's like, you know, the re like the situation is that not only do they are they very aware of this space, but they prefer to be there. They actually want to be in the digital space. So that's also why I love the metaverse. I feel like, you know, so many people, you know, don't necessarily, you know, are not living their life to the to the fullest. And they, the metaverse will give them the opportunity to. Like, imagine creating the coolest thing, like the coolest house, like like an amazing experience, you know, there for themselves and for their friends. So I think it's going to be a way that we touch each other in different ways. But we also need to be careful. I actually saw this amazing um, talk one day, and this guy who was speaking was like, you know, social media technology, it doesn't always push us forward. You know, we need to be building progress into it. Like, we need to be making sure we're, we're building for the future. It's not only about innovation. It's about also building, you know, for a healthy future and a lot of mental health, you know, and I, I don't think we're always necessarily doing that. That scared me when my daughter said that. That's what I was going to ask you. You actually answered both of my questions because my <laughs> other my other question was, where do you think this goes in the future? And we yeah, and we scary. went all the way there. That's it amazing. Be, thank I think you. Be scary, yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for you, for being with us. It was my pleasure. And uh, thank you to you and your husband oh, for yeah. giving out ledgers. <laughs> he gives them out like candy. <laughs> uh, I love that. I'll, we'll, I'll come trick or treating at your house then. <laughs> Please. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks. I'll see you soon. That's it. A fascinating chat with Huda and Ian. Amazing energy. If you want more of it, stay tuned because we still got more coming from VCon. And if you haven't subscribed to our show yet, please go on and hit that subscribe button. You won't regret it. This was Under Ledger from VCon with your host Mo Said. Till next time. See ya. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.